0: Jason, today's episode of the Lease Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lease Summit. Budget Blinds. Hey, on behalf of our friends Budget Blinds, I want to say congratulations to Sasha Sasha Coke, who received one thousand dollars in service from Budget Blinds and two hundred dollars in High V gift certificates as part of Budget Blinds' Thank You Frontline Workers campaign. Go, Sasha. That was awesome. It was really fun for, to, to partner up with Budget Blinds on this one and, you know, celebrate some people doing good work for us. Wait, there's more. There is. Additionally, every single nominee, they're each going to get $25 in high gift cards too. Why, Jason? Because.
1: Budget Blinds, a whole big old basket of good eggs.
0: So, say thank you and all hail those Robot Shade overlords. If you want to go see some great members of our community, just, just hit the website, give a call, go see our friends at Budget Blinds, tell them Jason Nix sent you. Yeah. Today's episode is also brought to our continuing message to shop local. We want everybody to take care of our friends and neighbors who have local businesses, work for local businesses during this crazy, crazy time. Go support them.
1: Right, and we're in this process and the various phasing, everybody's kind of doing a little bit different thing. Go check their websites, check uh, websites like Downtown Main Streets, other places like that where that information is available, so you can see what your options are because they're shifting every week or two now, um, and so it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to keep track. But you're going to make that little effort, and you're going to be rewarded with good local stuff. Tell them, Jason, next again. Yeah. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who is choosing to view it not as that stay-at-home is ending, but that phase one is beginning, because he's very positive. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit.
0: I'm a glass one-quarter full kind of guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is definitely the case right now. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was like, I was like, how can we give some positive spin? I'm like, no, it's like today is the phase one of the rest of your life. I got nothing. I got nothing, folks. So uh, it's, here, it's here, 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 here's
0: here's my take on all of it. It's still weird, man.
1: It's, it's just still, still weird. weird. I don't know what weird. to think. It's still no fun. And get here's the other thing. You probably still need to do it. So uh, do that. So our unofficial sponsor. I'll today, be
0: positive when I can go see my friend in a public place and hug them.
1: Man, I mean, like you and I have never been very huggy, but that's over. <laughs> as soon as this is done, that is over. I am jumping up in your arms. And I'm going to give you a big old hug. And I'm well, gonna... only
0: if we can have the slow motion music, like you know, bound through the
1: field. That's going to be a challenge because, like, we're usually like in a bank vault or an old, an old post office vault together. So it's, <laughs> it's not true. the same. But there's going to be that. There's going to be hugging. There's going to be like weird touching of man beards. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be fantastic. So. Hey, our unofficial sponsor today is the number seven uh, and, and specifically a number seven and some other numbers that have been cut from steel. I frequented during this whole lockdown thing, I frequented our, our good friends and culinary enemies, Fossil Forge, uh, and ordered a, a big old cutout number sign. I went and picked it up today, um, properly social distance. I wore a mask, the whole thing. So I'm, I'm all in the rules here. Uh, and uh, and I'm looking forward to taking that and and turning it into a little project for the front of my home. Um, I will uh, this being a an, an audio format. I will definitely show you all pictures um, as it finishes.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to see your new house numbers when it is mounted next to your door. Hey, Jason, we've already hinted at it. Guess what? Things are opening
1: up. It's We're phase in one. phase one of reopening. It's phase one. I you know and we talked about last week what that meant um and if you're not sure eh, you're not alone but uh and and i think that's one of the things that we're going to be seeing as we go through this whole process is that the like everybody's going to kind of operate on their own time frames within this phase within the one guidelines is kinda, it's like a fence right and then we're like going to work within the fence as best we can and then hopefully it will work that the fence can get a little farther out and we can work within that and go through that, but yeah, it's something that's out there, and it's, you know, the stay-at-home order, at least, was really, I mean, it was pretty darn clear um about that, and there's some, there's some people that are bucking up against the edges of it, Uh I'm, you know, local, some local establishments, they're trying to figure out where their place in that is, but we're gonna, we're gonna see how all that develops over the next couple of weeks, <laughs> honestly, there's not much else going on. <laughs> no, just, just, just
0: stick with us. We'll pass on what other information we get as it, as it comes along. But then also, you know, check the, check the websites of your, of your favorite businesses uh, that you want, are hoping maybe that you can, you can get into and that you want to support with some in-person foot traffic. Just check out their, their websites and their social media pages to see what they are doing and how you can help support them and, and, you know, get those goods and services that you want. Yeah, There's keep in mind, you
1: can still get tacos. You just need to figure out how to do it.
0: There's always tacos. There's always tacos. There's only one other thing, Jason, I want to talk about this week. And that is, I want us to return to a conversation that has fallen silent for basically a month and a half. It's still election season. What? We didn't get our vote in April. So that means it's coming up June 2nd and, and, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's been a few things going on. Our focus has been elsewhere the last 50 some days.
1: I thought it's just been normal.
0: Now it's time for us to get back to it. So, hey, we're just going to we're going to do this very quickly. Jason, we're going to take a short break here and here in a minute. We're going to hear from one of our sponsors and then we're going to come back with our interviews with District One candidates, Hillary Shields. Steve Lambert and Robert Die, so that you can be ready to make your best choice possible when you go to the voting booth and then on Friday we'll have interviews with district two candidates Timothy Shrout, Andrew Felker and Steve Lee. Uh, you should note once again Roberta Goff declined all of our attempts to contact her and invite her onto the show. By decline, I mean didn't respond.
1: Well, that's all. that's that's like declining by negligence, I suppose. <laughs> so we're we're gonna rehash this. The election is coming up. Uh, there's still some debate on how you're gonna how we all are gonna have to vote uh, come uh, June. But we're gonna we're gonna get through that whole process. Um, but as a refresher, we did all this work. We got it all crammed in right before the shutdown came, and and now we've uh, we, you will once again be rewarded the fruits of our labors (laughs) there you go we'll take a
0: short break to hear from one of our sponsors and when we come back your candidates for district one city council
2: hi i'm jane munro owner of embrace the grape and district 4 resident donnie funk has my vote for city council and here's why Donnie's time serving on the Planning Commission, his experience in the construction industry, and his work as a small business owner has given him the insight we need on city council. This means that Donnie knows the questions to ask to get accountability for our tax dollars. Donnie Funk is a strong advocate for public safety and will work to ensure police and firefighters, along with all city employees, are well cared for. Join me in voting Funk for four. We are
0: joined today by Hillary Shields. Candidate for District 1 City Council in Lee's Summit. Hillary. welcome.
3: Thanks so much for having me.
0: We are, we are, this is this is the first of our series of interviews. And mm-hmm. so, so we're starting with District 1, and we're going to start this off with one of our tough, tough, tough questions. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Tell us why you're running.
3: So I really love Lee's Summit. It's a great community. Um, I live here with my husband, Mitch, and our dog, Bowser. Um, we're hosting Exchange Student this year from Spain. Um, and we, we really enjoy it. Um, and I want to serve the community and that's why I felt like running for city council was something that I should do. I think that we need good people serving at all levels of government and I really look forward to serving my community.
1: All right. Well, we're going to dive into, uh, and I'm going to, we're going to make this reference. There are, you filled out a questionnaire, which mm-hmm. is available at link to com. Hey, look at that. Oh, thank a you. Promo. Plug. I like plug. promos. A plugging time. All right. Uh, and in there, you mentioned some things, um, about uh, encouraging what you called responsible development. You use mm-hmm. that phrase a couple of times throughout there. What does responsible development mean for Lee Summit?
3: So for me, it's about making sure that what we're doing is sustainable. That as we bring in new businesses, as we bring in new residential areas, that we're making sure that we're looking ahead to the kind of services that those areas are going to need, that we're going to be able to afford to provide uh, the police coverage, the fire coverage, um, the infrastructure that these areas need, and that we're not giving away too much in those incentives, that we're not able to continue providing those high-quality services.
1: Okay, so are you, I guess, against incentives as a thing, or are you, are you in favor of incentives? Where do you stand on those?
3: I see them as a tool. Um, I'm not for or against hammers. I'm against using them uh, responsibly, correctly, maybe that's taking the metaphor a little bit far, but I'm, I'm for using them in a way that benefits our, our city. I'm for using them in a way that creates good jobs, that creates amenities that we care about, but making sure that we're using them um, responsibly so that, as I say, when we look you know, 10 years down the road, are we able to continue providing the amenities and services um, that we need?
1: Now, is that, is there something that the, that we as a city or the city council, as it currently or recently has been constituted, isn't doing or something else you want to bring to that? Or is that a, or or is that something you think we've been doing well that you want to continue?
3: I think we've been doing pretty well. Um, And I don't, I'm not running to say anything bad about anyone in the like council, any projects that have been done in the past. I'm, oh, this I'm, interview <laughs> is so
1: over. No, I'm boring. Go, <laughs> Sorry, here.
3: guys. Um, no, I hate you all. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I, if you say
1: things about us, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, we're, we're no, fine no. with that. Um,
3: I'm just thinking about the future of the city. How do we continue growing and making sure um, as we grow, as we develop, that we can continue providing these services?
0: What are some of the things that, that, that you consider like it, so when when you are sitting on the dais if you're elected and these projects come to you are there some specific things that you're that you're looking for when you consider w- whether that tool is the right thing to use
3: sure so if it's if it's a commercial development i want to know what kind of uh jobs it's going to bring are these going to be uh good paying jobs that pay uh, the kind of wages that it takes for someone to be able to live in lee summit uh if it's a residential development i want to know um Will we be able to provide the infrastructure, the services that are needed to um, support that? I want to work closely with our schools to make sure that we are going to be able to have capacity for additional uh, residents that are going to need to, to use those services as well. So I think a lot of it is just about making sure that you're having um, those open conversations with the community, making sure that whatever's coming in, that we can support it and that it's going to help um, folks to be able to live here in Lee Summit.
0: You just brought up both the commercial and residential projects. You live in the downtown area. Mm-hmm. I do. And, and a TIF was used as part of a residential project that's just coming up now, the, the apartments that are being built at the old United mm-hmm. Methodist Church. That's the first time it's been used for something housing mm-hmm. in, in Lee Summit. What do you think about that? Does that does that make you pause a little bit? Is that is that the type of project mm-hmm. you would consider again if that came before you as a city council mm-hmm.
3: member? So... It does give me a little bit of concern because um, when we start to expand those kind of incentives, uh, it can, you know, what's what's next? On the other hand, I think that that particular project is going to be a huge benefit to downtown. You know, I've talked to local business owners who are really excited that that's going to be uh, more customers for their businesses. Um, I think for us to have this really vibrant downtown area that's award-winning, that is recognized year after year, that we need to bring in um, more housing to that area, more people to that area to keep that um, booming and growing. So I can understand why it was used in this instance, but I think we really need to be careful in the future um, whether we would use this for more residential.
1: Well, so you talked about that. I, I, TIFFS is one of a number of, I guess we'll call it sort of hotly contested topics that, that come through uh, the city and and one of the things that the city council is responsible for city council person is responsible for is communicating with their constituents so how do you uh how do you see the job that the council has been doing in their communication and and what what would you bring to that that conversation to make sure that you're getting that message out to your constituents
3: so communication is going to be a top priority for me um, again i don't want to speak badly about Anyone um, and the job they've done. You have before. just you're just
1: repeatedly disappointing me here, but that's fine. <laughs> Go ahead.
3: I know. I mean, I know how much you guys want to see more conflict on the council. That is absolutely. Um,
1: that's that's very true.
3: <laughs> but I I think that you have to reach out to people in a variety of ways. I think um, things like town halls are great, but they also kind of draw in just a very select um group of folks who are already pretty engaged so i think you need to do social media i think you need to just reach out to folks directly um you know go out and knock on their doors see what they're concerned about you know we're uh plug for me we're doing our canvas kickoff next weekend Um, i hope it warms up slightly (laughs) i really do too um but just getting out there talking directly with folks making sure that you're hearing from them what their concerns are and communicating to them what the council is working on so that um, you can really serve the community i don't think you can do the job if you're not really out there and talking with folks
0: you've done a lot of door knocking a lot of canvassing over the over the last few years Is that <laughs> So, I mean, you just you just brought that up as a, as a way to do. Is that something you've grown more comfortable with? Is that is that easier for you to do?
3: Yeah, you know, um, I am naturally an introvert, so it was uh, definitely stepping out of my comfort zone to do that. But in uh, 2018, I knocked on over 11,000 doors myself, and it gets easier. It absolutely does. Um, I'm looking forward to starting to knock, like I say, this weekend because I want to hear from folks in the community when I when I did it before. I heard a lot about you know wanting to make sure. That we've got, um, you know, good schools, great roads, um, strong public safety, and I—I I expect I'll hear those issues again. But I really want to get out there and see what's on people's minds right now.
1: Speaking of public safety since you, you naturally transitioned for us. I think after all these, year, or these years, Nick and I forget how to do uh, segues from some topic to another, so I'm glad you're doing it for us.
0: Or, or how to segue you know, to someone else. That's true.
1: So, I mean, I just, <laughs> just keep talking until... To share,
0: yeah, the, to share the microphone with others is yeah, hard. That is really what we're saying.
1: So you, you mentioned, um, and you, you put this in your questionnaire on a number of occasions about making sure that we have adequate funding for uh, public safety and, and, and what those needs are. We, in the last three or four years, We've passed two different bond issues mm-hmm. to provide equipment and new buildings and upgraded things for both the police and the fire department. We have uh, renegotiated all um, out, but through that period of point of the collective bargaining agreements with those uh, with both the, the public safety as well as the public works department. What do you see if you're one of these, if your largest issue is making sure that they have what they need, what is the next thing? What is the, what is, what remains to be taken care of that we need to do as a community for the public safety?
3: Well, there's a couple of things. Um, one, this isn't something that you ever finish. As the community continues to grow, the needs are going to change. And I want to make sure that we don't just sit there and say, well, we have fixed these problems. It's done. Obviously that's not the case and never going to be the case. Um, there are, um, short-term things, um, that are happening right now. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but the police dispatchers have just organized a union and so they're going to be negotiating a contract. So making sure that they have the resources that they need um, to do their jobs is going to be important to me. Um, again, as we look at future developments, do we, uh, have enough staff, uh, enough, um, police officers firefighters to support those so not just the wages but also the staffing levels i think are going to be important going forward
0: well really jason what this tells me is it's now time for the most important question that we give to each well no we have two well yeah that's that the, the 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 one i'm going to do next isn't as important okay but the final question—I just
1: want to make sure you get this—is right. what's
0: really, really important. So I'm going to start with this one. This mm-hmm. is this is another easy one. Take 30 seconds or so, and just just for yourself, give listeners, give the voters of District One, why should they choose you of the three candidates?
3: So I think that I'll bring um, a unique perspective to the council, both from my personal and professional experience. Um, in my personal life, uh, for the past decade, I've been um, a volunteer and host family for international students. Um, I think that the ability to communicate across all different uh, cultures and things like that is going to be really valuable to bring to the council, and I've spent a lot of time working with um, our local families and local schools, and I think that's an important experience as well. In my professional life, I'm a real estate paralegal, which means that I'm the person that reads all the stuff that nobody else wants to read about all of these um, developments and uh, TIFFs and site plans and zoning reports and all now that you're stuff. just
1: Now you are literally sucking up to the hosts. So. <laughs> no, I am. Um, these, are, these are the things that we like. All
3: I can say is that is literally as exciting as you would think that it is, uh-huh. but it's really important. And I think that having someone on the council who can look at those documents, understand them, know what's going on and, and help explain them because that's my job every single day um, will be really valuable.
1: Awesome. All right, so we I, have we have we one have, more question. we have one more
0: question, and this I think is how people will differentiate mm-hmm. between candidates. If I were to set in front of you mm-hmm. two plates, mm-hmm. one plate holding hamburgers, the other plate holding tacos, what are you choosing?
1: There is a correct answer, but we're not going to like not view this as a result.
3: I mean, yes, please, right? Like. I think that it's a false dichotomy to say that I have to pick the hamburger or the tacos. No, no, we're telling you you have to you, all pick all yeah,
0: yeah. you 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 have you have to. pick. Okay, there so is fine. a correct answer. Which one
1: are you gonna pick first? We're gonna we're gonna pin you down. You <laughs> yeah. gotta give us an answer. No
0: political
3: answers allowed. I, I'm just saying it's not a political answer. I love tacos. I love burgers. I don't know why you didn't put pizza on the list on the list. Um, but
1: it, there's there are podcast reasons.
3: <laughs> okay, um, tacos. There
1: that we is, go. That is the correct
0: answer. That is that is the correct answer. We well, are, congratulations. We a tally, mm-hmm. by the way,
1: of but what I people
3: say. But I guess the important question is, can I put guacamole on my burger?
0: Yes. You the answer put, to that is You yeah, can put whatever you want on whatever you'd like. To that, actually, that question of hers lends to the answer of why tacos are the better choice.
1: Because you – don't have to ask that question
0: right okay exactly i think you're there we go exactly hillary thank you very much for for sitting with us taking the time to help us allow listeners and the residents to meet all of the candidates so that they are better informed to go vote we appreciate you taking the time and good luck in the race
3: thanks so much for having me guys
0: today we are joined with steve lambert running for district one steve welcome to the show hey thanks so much great to be with you guys Well, we appreciate you taking a little bit of time, and and I'm going to give you just a really obnoxious, tough question to start this off. (laughs) All right. Why are you running?
2: Well, I've had a wonderful 20 years here in Lee Summit, and um, we have increasingly outside influences. It seems like at work at every level of our lives and our government these days. And I think we've grown from 100 to 100,000 people over the last 150 years with some good old Midwest common sense. And I want to make sure that we don't write any checks that my grandkids can't cash 20 years from now. I want this to be as great a place for them 20 years from now as it has been for our family for the last 20
1: all right, well, you, okay, so you mentioned this in your, in your questions and you, and you did hear in your why you're running. What, what, are, the, what are the outside influences that you're, you're concerned about, specifically as it relates to the city council? I'm, I'm not worried about all the other levels of government since that's not what we're running for, but what are the outside influences that you're concerned about with uh, in, in the summit?
2: Well, I you know, this, we're seeing more and more uh, the National League of Cities and Mid-America Regional Council outside uh, union groups, Um, coming in and seeking to change the direction of the city. And a lot of times those people don't have a stake in the game. They don't have to pay the check when the tab is due. Uh, They're not here. They don't have any skin in the game. And uh, we're the ones, the citizens who live here, the ones that have to, uh, we stand to gain the most or to lose the most based on some of these outside influences that are seeking to change how we run our city, what it looks like. We've got outside influences subtle, uh, but cultural influences at every level of government, telling us this is how a city ought to look. If your city doesn't look like this model city, then you guys are clearly doing something wrong. And I think we've done something very, very right for a long time in this town.
1: All right. Well, let's let's move on to um, talk a little bit about economic development. You mentioned a couple times in your answers that you seem to have uh, some concerns about. Um, uh, well, it, it's not exactly clear from your answers, but you did mention uh, affordable and workforce housing. Where do you um, what is your what is your stance on on where we are on that and what what the needs are going forward?
2: Well, the world has changed, and there was a time when if you built it, they would come. So, if you built a, a, a an employer, if a, an employer built a facility, people would move to find that job. Things have reversed now, and. We need empl- uh, builders, developers, employers are looking for a workforce that's on hand and ready to hire. And so we need to to develop um, workforce opportunity housing in this area that brings the kinds of professionals. What we need is things like uh, corporate woods because it makes me sad every day to see a lot of good, lease least some of the folks getting on 470 and driving to Johnson County, Kansas every day or downtown. So in order to do that, we need uh, – To develop the type of housing that will bring young professionals uh, the kind of workforce that brings the kind of businesses that we want to the area we've got a hidden gym that's the envy of every city in the united states in in downtown i mean the resurgence and redevelopment of downtown is absolutely spectacular and the new apartments there where the old church used to be will be a great opportunity to bring working young professionals here they have a very different view you know my generation wanted to to have the four thousand square foot house in the subdivision a lot of young people today have no interest in owning a big white elephant. They want to live in an apartment. They enjoy eating out. They want to walk. They need downtown opportunities to, to go to great restaurants, downtown, arts, fine arts opportunities. So uh, developing a workforce approach to housing will evo- eventually bring the kind of uh, jobs and revenue to the city that we desperately need.
0: Okay, um, uh, I kind of want to follow up a, a, little yeah. bit, a little bit on that. Um, the last couple of council bodies, when, when projects like you're describing have come forward, they've been hesitant to to, to back those projects and to do things to, to to encourage that kind of development. If you're elected, how do you think you will work with with the rest of the council body maybe to push that kind of project through or to, to maybe change the approach the council takes toward, toward bringing those developments in?
2: Well, I've talked to several council members already who feel like I think are in agreement with me and, and see that same sort of direction. You know, this is uh, this is an apolitical uh, post. I mean, this is neither Republican nor Democrat. I mean, we all have tendencies towards liberalism or conservatism, but I think everybody can agree that that uh, at least everybody that I've talked to is in agreement that what we need to see is the type of um, housing in this community that brings the type of people, which in turn will bring the type of commercial development that we need to increase our tax base uh, and to to make this a complete community because we have wonderful parks and rec and fine arts and beautiful downtown, lots of things. What we lack is some of the – we don't have a corporate woods. And with PRI coming online, with 4,000 acres over the next few years, tremendous opportunities to help define what we want this city to look like in the future. And I think within the context of this city, with these city leaders, is the collective wisdom to do that in a way that will be a blessing to this town uh, and not a curse 20 years down the line.
1: Fair enough. When when these, and I guess we'll kind of roll this into our, our next question. You, when we're addressing these um, these issues of uh, affordable or workforce housing that, that meets those that standard that you're you're talking about, even in the situations where we've had this, we've had a lot of pushback not only from the council, but honestly primarily from a lot of the neighborhood residents who who seem very reticent to having different different types of housing near their housing in that particular question which is I, I think leads us to the question of how how you would breach the communication gap that seems to exist in this sort of thing where you can see this system happening but it's it's a difficult thing for you to communicate or it's difficult for a council person or the city to communicate with the, the residents in that way how do you anticipate making those communication making those communications
2: well I think um, every city has NIMBYs, as they're known. Not in my backyards.
0: I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Right? Never heard of I've never, that. Never, heard, that. never <laughs> heard of
2: that. Well, I think that there are undoubtedly at least a handful of NIMBYs in this community and maybe several thousand. Uh, and And... You know, that's understandable. Change is frightening. Change is scary for everybody, but any living being, any body, any organization, any uh, government, any corporation, if it's alive, it grows. If it's not growing, it's dead. And at that point, we don't have to worry about it. So if it's going to grow, then change is inevitable. But people are always afraid of change. And I think the the um, type of change that we bring determines the type of uh, response that we get from people. So when we're You know, there are several different definitions of workforce housing, and one is is to develop huge amounts of low-income housing. And I think people are concerned about that. They're concerned about the impact it might have on local schools. They're concerned about the impact that it might have on first responders. Um, uh, But the reality is that we need some of that housing for some of the low-income employees that work in this area. But we also need uh, some uh, housing alternatives because, like I said, we live in an era where uh i take for granted uh the the goal was to own a house to own a home someday to own a bigger home someday maybe own own a home on one of the five lake communities in lee summit but that's not what young people are thinking today and for many they're priced out of that market but for many they simply don't want a part of that so as our seniors get older they're looking for apartment housing they're looking for for duplexes quadplexes and apartments uh when young people are coming they're not looking to to own a big white house they're they're at the peak earning years they're, they're migratory. Many of them came here from Seattle, and their next job will be in Atlanta. They're here for two or three years. So the reality is that if the city's going to continue to grow, uh, the population has to understand that the, the makeup of our community is changing. And it's not going to be, the future's not going to be just more and more and more single-home family development.
0: As, as we look at development, I, I think I think you are you are not alone in in your answers to our our candidate questionnaire that we send out. And one of the things that you talked about that you were excited and you saw as an opportunity is is the PRI land. And and you mentioned it, you mentioned it earlier. What what gets you excited about that? What do you see when you look at that that says oh this is an opportunity? Can you give us a few things that maybe maybe is in your vision for the future of the community? Why this is a big opportunity?
2: Sure, you bet. The uh, apart from PRI, PRI, there's between only between five and ten percent of the this area undeveloped, and every city goes through stages. Um, uh, so we have been in a growth stage for a long time, but eventually we move to a, a stage of maintenance in which the growth is over. There's no place left to grow, and uh, then you begin to think about redevelopment and blighted areas that you can can do something with. But this is our last shot uh, at just lots and lots and lots of raw land to develop. And when that 4,000 acres is gone, uh, we will be quickly moving towards a maintenance community rather than a growth community. So what we do with those 4,000 acres um, will make all the difference in the world in defining the city that we want. I've never been intrigued by politics. Politics do very little for me, but politics inform policy, and policy ultimately shapes the world in which we live. So... That 4,000 acres, I mean, I would love, for example, as I mentioned earlier, to see kind of a corporate woods in that 1,200 acres off to the east of the of the airport on the other side of 470. But unfortunately, with a runway running east and west, you can't have a three- or four-story building over there. But but uh, that will determine um, the shape of the community that we live for our grandkids. And that, to me, that's really um that's really the whole point. I mean, we can, we can try to create this, our ideal city that's perfect for what we want, but the question is, what will our kids and what will our grandkids want? And their, their needs, their desires are changing. They don't look like ours. So I think we need to, to – it's not like we have unlimited land. We have that 4,000 acres and a little bit more, and it's going to take a tremendous amount of wisdom to develop that in a way that enhances our community both now and in the future.
1: Well, speaking of the enhancement of that or driving the kind of growth that we would like to see, for our children or grandchildren, what have you. Um, The city has an incentive policy that it uses to help uh, incentivize certain kinds of development. Where do you stand on the city's incentive policy, and where might you um, look to make some changes to it in the overall scheme of things as you would serve on the city council?
2: Well, if you're talking about TIF programs, I think they're tremendous uh, in general for commercial development and light industrial. I'm not particularly a big fan of them in residential. Uh, but in the case, you know, and in the case of uh, Summit Fair, I mean, it worked out fabulous. That was that paid itself off in 14 years, nine years early. Tremendous asset for the community, and I think in general, um, commercial property has the ability to do that. I love what's happening downtown, though, at the Old Methodist Church. I mean, that's a perfect spot to put in some of this kind of housing we're talking about for the, what young professionals are looking for, uh, and it also makes sense for for the retired. I mean, the ability to to live on the third floor and park your car right outside the hallway door on the third floor and not have to climb stairs or park down the street somewhere tremendous opportunity and a real draw uh, uh for this city for people who want to stay here in their retirement years or young professionals looking to move to the area and they want to be near downtown for good reason
1: and so that was the the only really residential uh co- project that we've had in the city uh, in its history that has been incentivized with TIF is that a is that a the kind of thing that you would like to see continue used or or what what standards would you use whether you, before you would consider that again
2: well i think it has to make sense for the goals that we're trying to accomplish and so every case is unique but in that case it was a top flight developer great credentials came in with a wonderful wonderful plan that's really a benefit and an asset to the city so in that case i think it makes sense now when you have large huge commercial developers who want to come in and they want to be incentivized to develop thousands and thousands of homes or apartments with uh, no stake in the city. I mean, they're going to come in, they're going to develop it, they're going to be gone. They don't care what the long-term, you know, it's going to be lovely. It'll look lovely 18 months from now, but what's it going to look like 18 years from now after they're long gone and now we have an aging, declining, uh, high-density housing situation? What's that going to look like? And so that takes, uh, I don't think you can make a blanket statement to say never again. I certainly wouldn't make that statement, but I certainly, on the other hand, wouldn't say that that's my first choice is to look for residential development using the tif tools i think it makes more sense for commercial development
0: well i think we're going to we're going to wrap up now we have just just a couple questions and these are these are important questions uh, as we clo- close out here the first one i want you to take about 30 seconds and tell
2: listeners why they should vote for you common sense i think that's the order of the day and it's what's so often missing we've got all kinds of uh, visionary candidates that have visions for changing the world we live in in dramatic ways, but often it lacks good old-fashioned common sense. And so I don't really want to see Lee Summit become another Florida or another San Francisco. I think common sense of Midwesterners uh, will develop the kind of city we can all live with, uh, and this is, as they've said, one of the few livable cities left.
0: Okay, your last thing here. And, Jason, this is uh, this is our our fourth election cycle third election cycle I don't know oh, it's been a long time. and we usually don't like to give litmus tests but we have one and this is this is an important important thing That's true. if i were to set in front of you a plate of tacos or a plate <laughs> of hamburgers what are you choosing
2: well if it's taco tuesday then my decision's already made for a dollar piece <laughs> but any other time probably a burger so so where does that stand in the great litmus <laughs> test
1: well uh uh, <laughs> it was a very good political answer well, actually I I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is un- un- undoubtedly a pro taco podcast we're not saying burgers are bad because that's not true but uh we, the
0: ceiling is higher
1: we feel like the we have strong opinions on this subject matter and, and it is subject of an ongoing and, and increasingly loud debate with some of our friends in the community uh, but that we we appreciate that you uh, you gave us an answer. You know, it seems fair. And, and well, the election we the election Tuesday,
2: so the election cycle will be over. But have me back on Cinco de Mayo, and we'll, well there get we go. Platter of tacos and celebrate. Uh, oh,
0: by the way, I think that answer just just really gave what his real answer is. Yeah. There we go. So he's he's with us, guys. All right, Steve. Thank you very much. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time out in an evening to come talk to us and 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 help. Help the voters get to know who you are as we are going to try
2: to do with each and every candidate in this upcoming election thanks yeah i appreciate what you guys do it's a service to the city and i'm grateful for the opportunity to be here and share some of my view for the future thank you thank you we
0: are talking with the candidates for city council for district one right now we are sitting with robert dye robert welcome to the show
4: thanks Ollie.
0: appreciate being here all right. Well, look. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off. I start everybody off with this really tough question, Robert. Why are you running for council?
4: Uh, my main reason for running is um, I've always I've always been active in civic affairs and uh, charitable organizations as a volunteer. Uh, most of my adult life, I've um, served in many many different ways. I've served in uh, boards of directors for. Uh, uh at least four different organizations, business, civic and uh, social groups. Uh, I've been um, in senior senior executive management for 20 years out from the, out of the last 25 uh, that I that I worked in my career. my career was basically in real estate uh, real estate loan operations, in banking, I work in every position from the very basic ground level, starting out, work my way up through the ranks, and uh, and the, as I said, the last 25 years I was in management positions. I I was involved in um, in real estate lending operations for the banks and and the savings loans that I work for, and um, I have a great. Background and knowledge about real estate, about finance, about uh, land development, subdivision development, construction loans, and uh, just about everything involving real estate. Um, I, um, I've i had a, a, an active interest in these uh, summits' government operations for the last 15, 15 20 years. I've been observing what has been going on in the city and the, uh, what has accomplishments have been made, what problems they've had. And I, um, I have um, a definite interest in the city government. I've been through the, the Lee Summit Leadership, Citizens Leadership uh, Academy, the, um, and also the Police Academy. And um, there's many, um, many groups that I've been associated with, Lions Club, uh Sertoma club where i was a charter member um, and let's see what you- well I, i'm going to ju- i'm going to jump
0: in right there actually i want to talk about i want to talk to you a little bit about you 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 mentioned real estate and and some of the accomplishments of the city so so let's focus a little bit on on development on economic development some of the stuff coming in what do you see as as some opportunities that are going to that the city has in the coming years so if you were to elect, be elected to city council and you're on the dais for the next 4 years what are some of those so those um, opportunities that the city's going to see that maybe you feel like you could help.
4: Well, hopefully uh, a lot of it will be going into the, the solar energy programs. Uh, they should actually go into it in a little different manner than what, um, what they are presently. Their, uh, the uh, contracting and, and uh, engagement they're in right now is going to lock them into a state of dependency for the next 20 years. With energy companies, when they they should be, they should be putting in their own operation and getting the free energy from the sun and the wind to their own benefit, not not letting the uh, the uh, public utility companies take all the advantages. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to set up the infrastructure now to put in uh, co- contracting to put uh, infrastructure on their their, um, their, their public um, members, the, uh, the peoples, the citizens, they're, they're trying to put it on their own private properties, free of charge, and, and uh, make contracts that will lock, lock those people into a state of dependency, and that's what's happening to uh, Lee Sumpen as well, and I hate to see that, because the energy is a, of the sun is free to everybody, if they have the facilities to use it, and that's what the utility companies are doing—they're putting those, those that infrastructure in there, and they're give, giving the uh, the people an opportunity to to purchase those systems over the years. But what what they're doing what they're doing is setting up a situation. They're sending out lead contractors to put up that those facilities and uh, setting up contracts. That will be sold to investors and those investors are the ones that are going to be dealing with the the city of lee summit as far as the purchases and well uh, robert
1: let me let me go there so on on this idea um this is something that obviously is of, of significant importance to you going forward and if you were elected to the city council would you uh be in a place to perhaps align the city's incentive policy with this kind of use as a, as part of the development or or where are you on incentives on that for i Yes,
4: i i would like to serve on the public works uh committee express my ideas i already have i i put a about a half a page article in a recent um, issue of the um Lee summit tribune saying basically what i have said um, i talked with bob mckay about six months before the article came out in the paper about the solar programs that they were being involved in. And I put that article in the paper so that they they weren't apparently aware of the ramifications that could take place in those contracts. And I, I was just simply trying to make them aware of what was going on in the industry because they didn't seem to understand what uh, what the setup was with the uh, public utility companies and the contractors that those that were sending out to deal with their with their own customers the major customers particularly
0: how would you how would you champion this i mean this is obviously a passionate topic for you so how would you be a champion and maybe what what could you do to change, maybe, or, or adapt some of the incentive policies to bring this kind of development in so, that the, so the city could take more advantage of it. What would, I, I, I guess
4: kind of where do you see your role? Well, I think mo- most of what happens in Lee Summit is created by the, the, the work staff of, of the city. And I could only, as a committee member, I could suggest maybe uh, and make recommendations that would be fitting to be placed into future operations. I don't want to disrupt you know disturb or uh, destruct anything that they presently are working on. I want them to complete their projects that they have approved and uh, and um, hopefully they can make modifications in their in the direction they're headed to uh, better better uh, making future investments for the city. So, Robert, when you're when
1: you're working on, on those sorts of things, I think there's two pieces to this that would be. It would be a significant shift in direction, I think, from the city's policies as they currently are enacted. Uh, and secondly, I think there would be a, a budgetary uh, impact. So... When you when you think about the the way to to deal with that and dealing with those things, where are your priorities on the budget, and and what um, changes would you like to see to allow you to uh, to to have this change in direction for the city's policies?
4: Well, there um, there probably would be a a, um, a bond election necessary to fund it, and uh, it's it's a fairly costly thing to do right now to put the infrastructure in for a solar farm or something like that but um, the uh, the cost of doing that has declined by 60 percent over the last few years and it's becoming more and more feasible Uh, as soon as um, strong batteries are are put on the marketplace in the general public at a reasonable price uh, the public utilities company um, their business will drop dramatically because there will be no no use for them except as a backup in for emergencies. and that's that's my goal is the hopefully that the city at some point in time will be able to devise a program that will to get the city away from complete de- de- dependency on energy. Uh,
0: this is uh, I, again, I'm going to go back to this, this is obviously a, a, a big passion topic for you. It's something that not a lot of people talk about. Jason just mentioned that would be a kind of a, a big shift. In, in an approach for the city and for for the the member other mm-hmm. members of the council I think a big shift for people for for residents so as the representative of district one how would you how would you communicate with your constituents that's a, I think that's a big role of a council is to be able to communicate back and forth mm-hmm. how would you rally them maybe behind behind that and how would you communicate to your constituents the things that you want to do and the things that you're championing if you are elected mm-hmm. to the city council it's
4: something that's uh, Fairly, fairly new and, and not understood by most of the uh, the uh, citizens in the community. I have ta- talked with uh, people that have solar installation installations on their homes, and um, they are they are receiving benefits at the present time. About almost no electricity electricity charge for themselves, but the the uh, utility companies are getting the benefit over, over the uh, energy produced by a considerable amount and they're t- tapping that energy and uh, even though they they are giving the uh, homeowner a break it's co- it's very very costly i've uh, i've recently gotten an estimate on my own home and it would cost Somewhere in the range of thirteen thousand dollars just to uh, to have the panels put on my roof and i would I would definitely get a benefit of somewhat um, from the source of energy to my own home but the the utility company is getting that excess, and they're probably getting more energy actually out of it out of that installation than I am from my own my own home and uh, and i I see that um, it, the way my energy costs each month now uh, are far it would take me probably, oh I don't know how many, how many years probably take me 20, 30 years to actually recover the, the uh, cost of me paying in the uh, putting up the system. Yeah. I
0: could I could probably talk to you for uh, for a long time about sustainable energy <laughs> stuff. I, I it's a fun it's a fun topic, but Jason assures me that I have to try to keep
4: yeah, everybody's
0: okay. interview around the same time. So, yeah. we're going to wrap things up. I want you to take about 30 seconds. Why should the voters of District 1, why should they choose you?
4: I have a I have a great wide Diversified experience in in ba- banking, finance, real estate development. Uh, I've done everything in real estate that you can imagine. I've had I've built uh, three three homes myself. I didn't do all the work. I did quite a bit of the interior work, the final interior decoration and and uh, hanging doors, windows, and so forth. And but um, I I think that um, my uh, my background, my my very intense um management uh experience that i went through for oh 30 years almost and uh, so much so much of a background uh, uh civic work um and i've also worked in in city government uh i've been on a couple of committees and my uh, i'm a member of the the summit historical society i know a lot about the town i know about about uh, the operation. I've been in quite a few city council meetings. And uh, I, uh, I've spoken before the city council several times about different matters and issues. And um, I, uh, I, in fact, I, I'm very familiar with the, <laughs> with the, uh, the mayor. I didn't under, understand what the connection was with my family when he ran. I was I was running for city council at that time. He's running for mayor. I didn't even I, I knew I liked him for some reason. But my my, my older brother was his football coach, <laughs> and 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 Matt Matt Baird, the um, interim president for um, the, the Chamber of Commerce. My uh, sister in law was his third grade teacher. If <laughs> you can believe all that,
2: well, I love that, the, is, I,
0: that is that is quite small world. Yeah, that
1: is that is quite. So we have one more question, and it is the the by it's far the, the least serious and most ultimate question we have. So if we put in front of you two plates, on one plate was a plate of hamburgers, and on the other plate was a plate of tacos. Which would you choose if you had to pick one?
4: I, I would go with the tacos because uh, yes. they have se- such a uh, greater variety of nutritional food
1: in those tacos. Um, that is the correct, correct That answer. is the correct answer. So this, this is the only one which is an absolute right answer, and you you hit it. Robert, thank you for taking time to uh, to come out w- and meet with us and, and talk to us and the voters of District 1, and good luck in the election.
0: I'm going to give one more sponsor. Thank you, Jason. A big thank you to Shred Casey, who has for many, many months... They have helped bring the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast to the people
1: of Lee Summit, and I got to say this: they have brought the general, the average fitness level of this podcast up by their mere presence. That's true. I, I can live
0: vicariously through those people because
1: I have been dragging it down <laughs> for many more months than that.
0: Hey, look! If you are ready to make a change, live your life a little more healthy, eat better, get more fit. Go see our friends at Shred KC. They are the positive influence and the knowledgeable minds that you need in your life. Tell them Jason Nick Sanya. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.